love God, we love others, and we make disciples. And all of that is for the purpose of glorifying God, for making God great. And that's what we do in song. We sing truths of who God is. In fellowship, we act as the body of Christ that we are, as the family that we are, making God great through our relationships. We worship God, make him great through looking at his word and studying him together, because the more we come to know who he is, the more we can't help but praise him for who he is. So we yes, amen. This is a community that loves God, loves others, makes disciples, all for the purpose of making God great, putting God in the place where he deserves. And so my name's Ben. I'm the pastor here at B3. And uh, there's a lot, of new, a lot of new people here this morning. I know a lot of you are here. Uh, because today, uh, we're doing what a family does. We are a family. <laughs> we're a family because we've been adopted into the body of Christ. The family rejoices together. We rejoice in each other's victories. We did that actually a couple weeks ago when we remembered and we, well, we celebrated the graduation of our seniors. And we prayed over them. That was the family rejoicing together. This week, however, we're mourning together. It's been a heavy week. Uh, we've been in the book of Psalms and we were going to do the book of Psalms chapter 2 today, but we can't do that today. Because this week on Wednesday evening, or I guess actually Thursday morning, really early, our brother Matt Block passed away. And that's been really heavy on our family this week. Matt is the first member of our church to pass away. Um, And we've been blessed that we can say that. We've been a church for 12 years. And Matt isn't just a member of our church. He's, He's core to our family. He was here at the beginning. He's walked with so many of us, modeled for so many of us what it looks like to walk with Christ. And when I think about Matlock, I can't not think about Philippians chapter 1, verses 18 through 26. And so that's where we're going to be this morning. Philippians chapter 1, 18 through 26 is where we find the passage, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I didn't get permission to share this, but I'm sure she wouldn't mind. Um, a couple a couple weeks ago, I was talking on the phone uh, with Becky St. John. Uh, and she was filling me in about where um, Matt was at with his, his struggle with lymphoma. And she said these words that really impacted me. It really, it really sunk in. Um, she said, Matt showed us what it looked like to live as a Christian. And now Matt is showing us what it looks like to die as a Christian. When Matt passed away, we mourned. But we do not mourn as people who have no hope. We mourn with hope. We mourn rejoicing, knowing that Matt is right now happier than he has ever been. And he also showed us what it looks like to walk into that. I'm getting ahead of myself. But that's where we're going to be today. Uh, Philippians 1, 18 through 26. So I'm going to read this passage for us, um, and then we're going to pray. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. 
If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Pray with me as we dive into this. Heavenly Father, we we know that today uh, we come to you, we come to your word, we come to gather to worship with heavy hearts. Um, Our hearts are heavy because we're remembering somebody that we love that isn't with us anymore. We mourn that, Lord. We mourn that because death is not the way it's supposed to be. That in your good creation, there was no sin, there was no death, but that when creation fell, Lord, sin entered in and death came along with it. And we hate that. This is wrong. So we grieve that, Lord. But we do not grieve as people who have no hope because we have a sure and certain hope of where that is. We are not crossing our fingers hoping, but we have a sure hope. So while we mourn, we mourn rejoicing that Matt is free and at work and at home with his family. We praise you, Lord, and we pray that this this, this morning, as we think about what it means to live as Christ and die as gain, that it would draw us to learn from Matt's example, to learn from him what it looks like to live for Christ and what it looks like to face death with hope. So we pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to spend the next little bit of time diving into Philippians chapter 1, this passage, and then we're going to turn back at the end to think again about Matt. That's where we're going. So look with me in verse 18. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now and as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. In this passage, Paul is encouraging the Thessalonians or the, the Philippians. He's, he's filling them in on his gospel ministry. And he, what he says in this passage is that it is his eager expectation and hope. In other words, it is his highest goal. It is his greatest aspiration. It is the thing to which he strives, longs, fights, and yearns that Christ would be honored by his body, whether in life or by death. That's why Paul gets out of bed in the morning. That's the purpose that he was created. And so when Paul was on the Damascus Road, when he met Jesus face to face, his life was fundamentally flipped upside down and turned inside out. One moment before meeting Jesus, he was seeking his own will. He was following his own path. But in the moment he met Jesus, everything changed. Paul died to his old way of life. He died to who he was, and he was raised again to a new life, a life in Christ. We call this being born again or being regenerated. When Paul met Jesus, he was able for the first time to say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He wrote that in Galatians chapter 2. He knew in that moment that though his outer self was wasting away, 
Though his physical body was moving slowly and continually towards death, his inner self was being renewed day by day, looking more and more like Jesus Christ. He wrote that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul knew that in that moment, there was a fundamental reorientation of his natural disposition. He is no longer who he was. He was a new creation. Everything had changed. And so for Paul, he was able to say all things he considers a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, his Lord, Philippians 2. Everything changed. His desires, his goals, everything. It was in God's hands then. So after that happened, he was able to say that his highest goal, his highest hope, the thing to which he strived, longed, fought, and yearned, was that Christ would be honored in his body, whether by life or by death. If he lived, he was doing it for the honor of God. If he died, he was dying for the honor of God. That is the reason he existed. And this same thing happens to everybody who comes to know Jesus Christ. When we meet him, when we truly accept the life in his name, we die to who we were. It is no longer we who live, but it is Christ who lives in us. There's a fundamental reorientation of our lives. This is the natural thing that happens. This isn't just super Christians. This isn't just people who are crazy religious. This is every single one of us who have truly accepted the gift of salvation in Jesus' name. We die to who we were. It's done. It's over. And we live to who we are now, living in Christ. And our purpose fundamentally changes as well. Our purpose is to honor God and to make him great in our life or death. Now as we move on to verse 21, Paul continues to build on this idea. So look with me in verse 21. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. This is, a, this is a passage that's quoted a lot. We hear it quite often. But it's a passage that's kind of hard to understand. What does it mean that to live is Christ and to die is gain? Well, we can actually figure out what Paul meant by it just by looking at the passages directly pre- uh, following it, the next couple passages. So when we ask ourselves, what does it mean to live for Christ, we find the answer is in verses 22 and 24. Verse 22 says this. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. And 24, to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. So for Paul, when he says to live is Christ, when we try to understand what that means in light of the passages around it, what it's saying is this. That when he looks at his life, when he looks at the time that Paul had on this planet, he knew that he had a job to do. He had fruitful labor to carry out when he was on this earth. For Paul, to live is Christ means that he is living for the glory of God as he should. And actually in verse 25 and 26, it continues to fill it out. Because we see that the ultimate goal of his labor, what he longs to have happen, is the Philippians' progress and joy in the faith, 25, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus. The big picture. What does it mean when he says to live is Christ? It's this. He is living to honor Christ by pointing others to the glory of Christ. He is living to honor Christ by pointing others to glory in who he is, who Jesus Christ is. And what about to die is gain? 
To say that death is gain is a kind of radical thing to say. This is something we might think about often in the church, but when we really stop to think about it, what does that mean when it says to die is gain? How could death be a gain? Didn't we just think about a minute ago how death is actually contrary to the way that God made the universe? How can death be gain? When we read 20 in verse 23, we find an answer to that question. This is what he says in the second half of verse 23. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Paul's not longing for death with us. Paul is longing to be united with the God who saved him. He's longing to be united, to be back in relationship with the God who saved him, who loved him, who sent his son into the world for him. For Paul, the reward of being with God is so great that when he weighs the option of being with God or continuing on earth in fruitful labor, this is what he says. I can't, I shall, I don't know how to choose. I don't know which way I will choose. I am hard pressed between the two, verse 23. Though he loves the Philippians, though he loves the fruitful labor that he gets to do amongst them, he wants, he longs to be with Jesus, his Lord. And this doesn't mean that Paul disdains life. Paul isn't downplaying the sacredness of life. He's not treating it as meaningless. What Paul is trying to communicate here is this. That from his perspective, he is so excited to see the Lord of his salvation. He's so excited to meet Jesus again, face to face. That death seems like a joy. Because by death, he will see his Savior yet again. That everything he has in life seems as nothing compared to the unspeakable joy of beholding the glory of his Savior. So in Philippians chapter 1, 18 through 26, we see Paul's heart. We see the heart of somebody transformed by Christ. And because his heart has been transformed by Christ, for Paul, to live is Christ. To die is gain. To live is to honor Christ by pointing others to glory in him. And to die is to be with the Lord. To live is to be used as a tool to produce fruit in others. And to die is to feast with his king. To live has a heavenly purpose. And to die has a heavenly hope. That's the fundamental reorientation that happens in Paul's heart. That's his amazing purpose. His amazing hope. And the thing is, it's not unique to Paul. That's what we have to understand. This fundamental reorientation is what happens to everybody who by faith comes and submits their life at the feet of Jesus Christ. Because for a follower of Jesus Christ, there is a radical transformation in all of us. We have a purpose in life that radically transforms our lives. We have a hope in death that radically transforms the way that we view death. And the reason that I can't not think of this passage when I think about Matt Locke is because Matt has modeled for us what this looks like for decades. For Matt to live was Christ. For Matt to die was gain. We know it. We've seen it. We've benefited from his example. We have seen what this looks like. This isn't abstract to us. For Matt to live was Christ. When Matt met Jesus, there was a fundamental transformation in his heart. The old Matt was gone. The new Matt was come, had come because the new Matt was born again in Jesus Christ. And everyone who knew Matt had no doubt to whom he was pointing. 
for Matt, his life was about honoring Christ by pointing others to glory in him. That was his heart. That was his goal. His family knew to whom he was pointing. His friends knew to whom he was pointing. The soccer team knew to whom he was pointing. The clerk at the gas station knew to whom he was pointing. And by the end, the doctors knew to whom he was pointing. Because Matt took every opportunity he had to tell people about the joy of knowing his Savior. Matt's purpose was to honor Christ by pointing others to glory in him. And he longed for others to join him in that joy in magnifying Jesus Christ. For Matt to live was Christ. For Matt to live was Christ, and for Matt to die was gain. To die was gain. It was, it was, a, it was a long walk for Matt. And I mean, while we could learn for him, and did learn from him a lot about what it looks like to suffer as a believer, to look to Christ, in our sufferings, like Rob preached about a month ago, to put God in his rightful place even when it's hard to. His faith never wavered in the past. Though he might have been frustrated and discouraged, at no point did Matt decide, you know what, I am done with this God that is allowing this to happen in my life. His faith never wavered in the process. And that was clear. Rather, he held tight, he held tight to the hope of Jesus Christ all the way to the end. Because to Matt, he was confident that 1 Corinthians 15, verses 54 through 55 was true. This is what that passage says. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? He knew that this was his future. He knew that he was looking to an eternity without the sting of death. The thing is, Matt does not feel the sting of death anymore. He has put on immortality. He is with the Lord Jesus Christ right now. He knew, <laughs> he knew that what was coming was better than what he had here. And he is able to lay in the hospital bed all the way to the end of his life, begging his doctors to join him in that hope. That's the example Matt's given to us. And now Matt is standing with Jesus today, singing out, Oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? For Matt to die was gain. He is with the Savior he loves. I mean, he's dying. He's dying for us to know about it. <laughs> but for those of us left behind, we still feel the sting of death. And that's why this is hard. If we didn't, we would just be rejoicing. We would just be rejoicing that matters with his Savior. But, the, it's, but we still feel the sting here. We feel the hole that's left by Matt when, when he leaves and by other people when they pass away. We grieve, we lament, and this is good. It's right for us to do this. It's, it's healthy. But we grieve because this isn't the way it's supposed to be. It's, it's the result of sin. And we grieve because we're going to miss our brother, our, our husband, our father, our friend. We're going to miss this man who was a model for us of the Christian life for years. 
but we do not grieve as those who have no hope, for we have a sure and a confident hope that Matt is happier now than he has ever been. And that someday when Jesus returns, we will meet Matt in the clouds yet again. We grieve his passing, but we know it's not over. But we will see him again. So I have to I have to end this in the way that Matt would want me to end this. I would have to end this message by pointing all of us in the direction that Matt went, that Paul went, that many of you went, and that is by faith accepting Jesus Christ. If you've never encountered this foundational, life-transforming event of faith in Jesus, if you have never experienced that fundamental reorientation, if you do not know the purpose in life to be found in Christ, and if you do not know the hope in death to be found in Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you this morning, you will never find it apart from Jesus Christ. There is no way that you can find the hope that Matt had in death or the purpose Matt had in life apart from his Savior, our Savior, the Savior of the universe, Jesus. And the only way that we can encounter that hope encounter that salvation, encounter the putting away of the old self and putting on of the new self is by praying to the Lord of the universe and saying to him, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I can never live up to the standard of perfection that you ask us to live up to. And so, Father, I will repent of my old way of life and by faith trust in you, trust in your life, trust in your blood. Trust that you, by your perfect life and sacrificial death, will wash me clean, make me new, set me free, and cause me to be born again to a living purpose and an eternal hope. That's where we find hope and eternity. That's where we find purpose in life. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we do not enjoy this. We don't enjoy saying bye to people we love. It's been a really heavy week for us who've been missing Jesus, uh, missing Matt, and waiting for the day that we get to see him again. And we know that that uh, the sorrow of losing our friend uh, isn't necessarily going to fade away completely. We will always miss our friend. There will always be a hole left by Matt, but Lord, I pray that when we remember him, that we would remember the thing that he would hope that we remembered about him, and that is that how much he loved you, that we would remember the purpose that he had in life, honoring you by pointing us the glory in you, and that when we think about you, we would be reminded to look to you to find our hope in death as well. And rejoice knowing that for those of us who have trusted in you, death is not the end. But that we will find life with you in heaven forever. Until that day that you return for us. Thank you for the example of Matt, Lord. We love you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.